acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God, this is like a whole new thing that we're in person again. Oh my God, it's good to see you. It's great to see you. I saw you last week. I know. <laughs> we actually are in person today, which we haven't done in a while. And it just so happened to work out that you yes, were she in had my to area. Remember how to use the recording stuff because it's not just Zoom doing it it's for It's a different us. box. It's a different box. And your house looks amazing. Thank you. You did. She did like she was not lying when she said she cleaned up. I haven't looked upstairs because Cleaned up. you make I'm it literally like a... cripple. Yeah, okay. I can't walk. I can't do stuff. I want to get to that. But first, I want to tell the people I am not some like dirty hoarder. No, no, no. I just like redecorated basically. You took back your space. I did. That's what yeah. you did. Yeah. Because I was like overflowing with stuff. And then oh, I totally great. created my upstairs into the office space. I have a new sound booth that I've been recording in. And clean She's going to drop an album in 24. <laughs> why don't you tell the people why you couldn't walk up my stairs to go well, check it all out? Well, I started a trainer and it, I, I don't, I can't, first of all, I can't remember the last time I actually like went to the gym to work out. So okay. it's been a long time. And my, my, um, what are these things called at the top of your legs? Your quads. Your quads. <laughs> my quads are reminding me of that. Oh. It's been, I, so I did, my leg day was on Tuesday and yesterday was pretty bad. Okay. And I hoped to get up today to do a full body. And no, I couldn't. couldn't. Do it. I can't. And the stairs, I almost panicked. I went into the office today and I went to go to the bathroom. And, um, when you walk by the, when you go to the bathroom, you pass the elevator and someone had put a sign on the elevator that said, elevator is out of order. Oh, and I was no. like, I'm going to have to sleep here. I can't <laughs> walk down the stairs. I don't know what I'm going to do. But apparently the power had gone out and our building was running on a generator okay. and the elevator won't work then. And it came back on. So it was fine. Do I got you escape. have amino complex? What kind of complex? <laughs> I have, I've been posting I've, about this on Instagram because I have a trainer that has me on creatine. Okay. Reminds me of my up. high school boyfriend. <laughs> and no, he says like for especially for women over 40, but also like specifically people over 40, we lose so much muscle. 
and like our muscle mass and muscle right. density is okay. that I don't know you, yeah. you guys can talk to him um, <laughs> anyway he he said that we lose it so rapidly after 40 that even if, if you're working out it makes it so much harder to build and so it's important to like be supplementing like that right and then I have this stuff by the same brand called amino complex and it helps you with your sore muscles faster like oh. get over it faster okay yeah I'll show you I'm after. about to get some I'm I might so, have to take a hit of it before yeah, I leave. <laughs> I hope hit. it's not upstairs. God, we, yeah, we are so wild over here, just shooting amino complex oh, and crazy. Bring BYO needle. But that's great. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's great though because you're following through with what your yeah. goal was. Yeah, I'm doing it. Like, I love and it. I did, and I was honest with him. Yeah. Um, about it, I was like, I had planned to get up this morning and do it because okay. my plan right now is what I've promised myself is three workouts a week okay. plus I have to do two hours combined cardio I can spread it out over yeah. however many days um, with an optional fourth so the idea would be Monday Tuesday Thursday and then the optional fourth would be Friday or Saturday Okay, and then Sunday's a rest day so I was hoping to do that but now I'm thinking I'm hoping tomorrow I'll be able to go and do a full body. Yeah. Because it, it is starting to get a little better. But I mean, earlier today, it was worse than yesterday. Well, sometimes you got to power through. Right. Or like the cardio might help. Like right. when I'm super sore, I go for walks. It, yeah. It's brutal, but it does help work it out. I'm going to tonight, I'm going to get on my Peloton and just ride mm, for 30 minutes. But go. like not high intensity. Like just like let it do. Because right. this is something interesting that... Um, now we're doing a now we're like fitness influencers. I mean, apparently, <laughs> um, like a lot I didn't of that know this, but you know, I didn't. He there was no stretching at the end of this yeah. the program, and I said I asked him, I was like, shouldn't I be stretching? I like worked out pretty hard, and he said stretching's overrated. Most what? people hurt themselves during stretching. stretching, and he was like, do your cardio after, and it will work out the lactic acid in your muscles and help you. That's crazy. So I mean, that makes sense to yeah, me though. Yeah, I hope he's right because that's what I'm going to start doing. Yeah. Once I, I still can have move. to stretch though because my back gets tight. So yeah. now we're aging ourselves. Yeah. So anyway. You don't sleep upside down? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my God. It's <laughs> not. Um, so it's the month of love. And yes. I was telling you before the podcast that on the velvet side of things, I'm taking like a different approach to talking about love because I feel like in our society, we don't really teach people how to be in relationships. It's just like, you're expected to know, right. right? And so you're like put out into the world, like go on, fly away and do their thing. And if you didn't grow up with parents who had a perfect relationship, which I don't think any of us did, no one does. you don't really know how to show up any differently than exactly how they did. Right. So on the velvet side of things, I'm going to talk a little bit with different experts about just different ways to have awareness about your own ways that you show up in relationship and then also how to do it differently. So with the edge side of things, we were like, okay, well, we also don't get taught how to do sex. Mm -mm. And there's all of these assumptions. <laughs> Could you imagine if you got taught how to do it? Oh my God. <laughs> well, it's like you have sex education, right. right? Like we had, I think our PE teacher taught us the basics of sex when I was like 13. And all you do is sit in the class and you laugh. But also I went to a Christian high school. And so it's like, and then don't do this until you're married. Right. And those are the only things that you're basically taught. And so the rest is like, we'll figure it out. It's all shame-based, yeah. And it's very shame-based. And so you and I said, well, let's take the same approach of the velvet side of things, but on the edge, we'll talk about sex. Yes. 
So what you it's said been a to minute me, since we've done this, it too. really is. I think we we got in and we were like, wow, you guys really like talking about sex. And we're like, we're <laughs> we way got a over. little too raunchy. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that. But then also, like, I felt like we were like shooting above our pay grade. Right. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you I'm guys. Like either. a virgin at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were like re-virginized. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um, well, so anyway, you brought up to me, you were like, I just feel like Americans have this like very puritanical view of sex. So mm-hmm. tell us what you said. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like when I traveled in Europe in high school, I saw, I was shocked to see um, ads on television that had nude breasts and, mm. you know, um bus shelter like advertisements with nude breast and it was you know like it was just different um than anything that i'd seen before and it didn't shock me i was just more surprised um like how casual they were about it you mean okay Um, i mean it's your body it's a body right and um you know my my family we never talked about sex we still don't and i'm 48 years old yeah um and i've experienced um now that i'm an adult and i have friends who have kids i've been able to witness that there is a shift and i don't i'm not saying that's for everyone but like i think every generation learns from the mistakes of their parents sure yeah or you hope they do um and so i've seen some sort of healthy relationships between parent and child talking about not just about sex but just about like love and relationships and just normalizing things mm-hmm. that were not normalized when i was young mm-hmm. um and I, you know, I think it's really important that we talk about things because like, I'm guilty of it myself being like, ew, that's weird. And I'm like, not everything has to be for me. That's fine. I'm not, sure. I don't want to do everything, but I also don't want anyone to judge what I do a, because it's nobody's fucking business, but my own. I mean, as I sit here with a microphone in my hand, telling people my business, <laughs> but it's like, I, the reason why I want to be willing and able to do that is so that it can help other people sort of overcome the shame spiral. And because there are definitely things that I won't do because I feel like they are weird, but I want to clarify, they are weird for me. Sure, um, yeah. And to each his own, you do you, boo. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just sort of where I am with it. And I thought it would be a really interesting sort of topic to like, really dive into this month yeah i mean i think we've covered some of the like we we always have susan bratton on you know she's like one of our favorite people and i think it's for one of the reasons that you're saying right now which is that she'll just say shit right like she doesn't have a filter about sex she's like why are y'all being weird about this right let's normalize this i also really appreciate that she is talking about it within her marriage and so it's not like Like, I just feel like there's two things that happen in our society. It's like you're first falling in love with someone. You're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, sex all the time. Sex is great. Sex is like the main thing on the menu. And then you get married or in a long-term relationship and it kind of just dwindles, right? But we don't really talk about how to keep the spark alive or why that's happening or anything like that. Um, Or there's like the other parts of sex where if you're not in a relationship, like how are you hand? Are you just not having sex at all? Or are you like secretly having some sort of masturbation sessions that you're shame, ashamed right. about those too? Or are you going to the opposite extreme and just fucking anything that walks by? Right. <laughs> and there's, but it's like, that is how our society operates is it's like you said so shame-based that it's so extreme to both ends well i mean even within a relationship being able to ask for what you want to do without being embarrassed about right you know like i struggle with that 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'll do it sometimes when the mood strikes, but like, it's not easy. And I just don't understand. Like, what is wrong with, unless you're like asking for like out of the blue, you go from being a very vanilla person in bed to being like, I want to eat your shit and like do something like really fucking weird that your partner's like, um, who are you? Right. (laughs) Like, but it's, or even just being like, yo, let's do it right now. Like, I think that the phone, like, I, I don't know if, text messaging has made it better or worse okay because it's so much easier to like be kinky over the phone that like suddenly you can't do it in person like you're too ashamed or you're you're too too ashamed it's like too shy you know um but i hope my hope is that the phone has actually opened people up and for someone who might not be asking for what they want at least now they can do it this way well, this brings me to the, like the main point that I I feel like we get wrong about sex in America. And I kind of told you about this before, but what you just described is exactly it, right? Like we can do it over text, but when you get in person, it becomes really hard. And so ultimately, doesn't this go back to us having an intimacy issue? Yeah. Like we don't yeah. know how to do it. So we are really shy about it. We stuff our feelings. We don't know how to talk to our partners. And where we miss with that with sex is like, we're completely taking away the fact that no matter who you're having sex with, how long you've been together, what your relationship is, there is a complete energetic exchange when that happens. Right. And like, for some reason, I feel like our society tries to pretend like that's not the deal. Right. It's like, this is a physical act. And whether you're in love or not is not what I'm talking about. It's the energy. It's the Mm -hmm. exchange. It's like the soul connection. It's whatever. And we just go, okay, no, you put this in that and then have fun. And then we pass out. (laughs) Yeah. And then we pass out and then we act like nothing ever happened. Right. And it's like, well, no fucking wonder we're not satisfied sexually. Right. Because that is like not really leaning into the beauty of sex, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And what, you know, what's funny is I feel like, or what's interesting is probably a better word. The sort of puritanical approach that America has taken to sex and body is that it's made it worse because um, we now, like people now feel like they have to do things secretly and they have to push boundaries secretly versus like, creating a loving like energetic mm-hmm. experience that is like you know a, a mutually very, satisfying yeah like a satisfying exchange but that's what Susan which is actually a really about. beautiful thing exactly yeah. also when you say puritanical i was researching before the podcast and like obviously america was built with a very religious right. foundation and so the puritans Although many articles did say like they were not against sex. There was just certain parameters like that you're married. Right. It's like obviously there was no same sex situations happening. That was like a big no, no. But mostly sex was looked at for creating children. So like, you know, that aspect of it takes away all the stuff we were just talking about, like the energy exchange, the soul connections. And I do feel like other countries and other environments really embrace sex in a different way Mm -hmm. like it's a human need we are made to feel pleasure there's no shame in that it's a beautiful experience which then also gives you the freedom to do it in all of these different ways that are respectful and like where you're valuing yourself 
like remember what I said to you before where I said I think what a lot of girls do and this is there's a whole bunch of like women programming sex mm-hmm. shit we could talk about but one of the main frustrations I have is that you're either in a relationship you're having sex you're whatever or you get out of the relationship and it's like your only other option is to either not have sex or go balls to the wall and be like, I'm owning my sexuality and sleep with any guy that walks by or something. And I'm like, that's not owning your sexuality actually, because to me, that's not valuing your own body or like your own energy. Also, someone told me that like women hold the energy of their partners in their body for up to seven years. So like, it isn't just this flippant thing when you have sex with someone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it's like, it's actually, well, it's just like interesting because it's, it's for me, it's like, well, then I'm going to be a lot more particular about who I'm allowing inside your body. Yeah. Like, it's just a different sense of valuing, but it's also like, yeah, I don't want to like exchange energy with a person that is not good vibes, like, or not a good energetic match for me. Yeah. I mean that that's crazy. Did I but just I blow your mind with that. I feel well, like yeah, I you're mean, speechless. yeah. <laughs> I just wonder too. Like, is that only a sexual thing, or is that even just an interactive? Like, if you're with what a partner, like if you're with a partner and you're together for three years or whatever, not just sexual energy. They have a lot of negative energy and it's fighting and stuff. Yeah. Like, does that energy get trapped in your body too? It probably depends on the experience, but like. I remember getting out of what I would call probably my most toxic relationship and really craving like Reiki and different things that were moving energy off my body. And mm-hmm. I can't think that that was a mistake because right. I think my body was just like, I can't hold this anymore, right. you know? Right. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I just know that sex in particular, because men are like inside of us, right. like that's the penetration piece is where the massive energy exchange happens. Right, yeah. And so it isn't just this flippant thing. Like women get made fun of like, oh, it's just because you need to have like emotional connection and blah, 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 blah. And where it's like men can just fuck. But like, I don't know if that's true, first of all. But but secondly, like, I think the reason we're more attached to it that way is because of the penetration. Yeah, you're receiving an energy. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Interesting. I wonder if the same is true for anal. That it would be your. Be. Yeah, you're you'll like, have to investigate. You, you're going to have to look at a different website, my friend. <laughs> I was, I'm scared I, to Google that. We started talking about this incident drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I was actually at dinner with some friends last night and we were kind of talking about some of these sex topics and um, one of the girls was like, oh God, yeah, like as I get older, I'm just like losing my mojo. Like I haven't in my last relationship, like I just didn't want to have sex. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, do you think it's because you like hated him by the end of the relationship right. though? And she started laughing, but then she was like, I mean, honestly, probably so. And then the other girls at the dinner chime in and they're like, that is so interesting. I never think about the fact that like, I don't want to have sex with my husband when I'm mad at him. And I was like, why? <laughs> what? Like, I don't understand how people miss the like emotional, energetic exchange that happens. Did, did they think it like, cause clearly if you're mad at your husband, you're not having sex with him. But like, did they think it was because they're like making the active choice to like, I'm holding out because you're an asshole. No, it was or? more like if, it wasn't like a super big, like they had just gotten in a fight conversation. It right. was more like over the next, you know, like over the next couple of days after a fight or something that they couldn't let it go. And they just hadn't gotten over that yet. But instead of giving themselves the, Oh, I'm just not over this yet. Or like, what do I need to move past this? They're like, Oh, I just don't want to have sex, but not really understanding why. Right. Right. And I just think that's another thing we don't talk about. Like we just expect our bodies to perform at all times. Right. I like, mean, cause there is pleasure in it too. So it's mm-hmm. like, I guess you could make the mistake of being like, well, maybe this will like help me feel better about the situation if at least I'm getting some pleasure. But, oh. Yeah. So I was researching and I found on Huffington Post an article that said eight things Americans get wrong about sex. One, our healthcare system tends to ignore sexual health. So like we don't really talk about it until there's an issue. And so Americans have the highest rate of STDs of any other country. Which, oh, I mean, we're big, too. Because we're, we're told not to have sex. But, right, we're told right. not to have it, so then we're doing secret sex. There's not a lot of education about, you know, STDs or whatever until you get one. And then you're like, well, shit, I don't know what. Like, or, or, like preventative stuff, you right, know? Right, right. That was one. Like, it's just more common to discuss in other countries, and which makes it less taboo. 
two, we have subpar sexual education. Yeah. Like we were saying. I mean, I think, you know, right now it's on the chopping block in a lot of places. Because, really? Yeah, because of all these fucking crazy... Sorry if you're a Republican, but like, okay. I'm not just saying Republicans. I don't think I'm you saying can, I don't think you can crazy put it Republican sort of legislation, like in Ron and in like Florida and stuff, where they're cutting all that stuff from schools. You're trying to say super conservative, conservative, maybe. Yes, yeah, because yes, we can't say sorry. we don't know. And I was saying crazy like it's a, on a next level right yes. which that is a point we like to make about the yes. politics is just like i think most people are somewhere in the middle so this is not right i don't know the extremes are where the issues yes. become um yeah so that just like getting more stds people feeling like they need to hide it so and then like again you're not really you don't really know how to do it right i don't know so there's all of that um the, the whole like amount of money pushing the idea that being good depends on if you abstain from sex from ma- before marriage. Like, like you're a good person. If you do that, you're right. a bad person. You've if you don't, well, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I'd rather be good at sex than be a good person. You when I'm older, you know what I mean? Like, tell me more. No, well, I, don't. I would rather like fumble through it as a younger person. Yeah. Then it, to be like, you know, in your thirties and like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, look, I'm all for whatever works for you. If you, if that is something that you feel very adamant about, it's part of your religion. It's something that's really important to you, more power True. to you. Right. Um, I, I totally get where that comes from too, because like there is a lot of pain that comes from having sex with people and then like it ending, you know, there right, is right. all of that. For me also, though, it's been like such a big learning experience and teacher about myself, Mm -hmm. like just I don't even know how to say it other than that. Just teaching me about myself and growing within myself and then setting my own boundaries, not just making boundaries because that's what I was told to do when I was young. Right, right. Um, This is an interesting one. We have a schizophrenic relationship with porn. Yeah. But I think it goes back to the shame thing. A hundred percent. The porn thing is such a hard topic for me to talk about because I don't really know what to feel either way. Like, I do believe that porn overstimulates our brains and makes actual sex trickier. Right. So, like, if you are watching porn all the time, I don't think you're going to be able to, like, perform or show up in sex with a partner in the same way. But I also don't know that I feel like I used to be really scared of porn because I was with a partner who had an addiction with that. And so I got really scared of it for a long time and was just like, no, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Now I'm sort of like, if that works for people, okay. I don't really know that it's bad or good or whatever. I think it's just a personal choice. Right, right. And you have to decide like within your relationship and within your relationship with yourself. Well, I think when it becomes a replacement for having sex with your partner, oh, that's definitely. when it's really problematic. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, it ends relationships, you know, well, when the secret piece of it, right, is what, yeah. yeah, that's what this says too. porn use is often perfectly harmless. But the fact that people who that claim the most traditional public views on sex are perfectly eager to incorporate porn into private life speaks to Americans insistence on keeping sex hidden. Right. 
So again, I think it's like the more we talk about stuff or the more like you're, you're open with your partner and y'all decide, okay, this works for our relationship. This doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that, yeah, that seems like the best option. Okay. This one, we don't know how to do it very well. See, told you, but that's like, that's like Susan Bratton. I mean, I know I keep bringing her up, but like there's all these courses on different ways, like different massages to do. And it's all these ways to really try to tap in more with your partner. It's not like, remember she said I had been with my husband for 10 years and I had never orgasmed. And so I was like, I didn't want to do it anymore. Right. So now, but now she's like living her she, best sexual life. But she's life. also still learning. Yes. You know, she's still exploring. She's still learning. She's figuring out new things that she's like. She's keeping it exciting. And I think that like, it's that's important. Well, it's, it's like. It's very easy to become complacent in a relationship. Yeah. And the sex can disappear. Like it's still, you can be very loving and communicative and all of the things that you need out of a relationship. But the sex can fall apart if you're not attentive to it. Or giving it like, yeah, giving it the energy that you give anything else like in your job where you want to keep learning. It's like, you know, that thing when you're in a relationship for a bit and you start to know the moves, Mm -hmm. you're like, I know the move that's going to get them off. So like, I'm just going to do the moves instead of actually being present in the moment to do wherever, whatever the night takes you to or day or whenever it is that you're having sex morning. Um, but yeah, I think that, that we just get, kidding. <laughs> okay, okay. calling your boss. <laughs> um, she listens. <laughs> He's not kidding. I'm telling your mom. Yeah. <laughs> she listens too. She also listens. <laughs> I hope she's tuned out. Hi Rhonda. <laughs> um, where was I going mm. with that? I had a point, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. That was funny. You said no matter where you're having sex. You know the moves. Oh, it's just, I think it's just like the kind of the point is that we, the things that we care about, we put energy into learning and continued, continued growth right. and evolution. And this is one of those things. One, we don't know that much about it, but then two, you get in a relationship, you just learn the moves and then no wonder you get bored. Well, like, because it's not about the emotional connection at that point. It's about yeah. getting off. Right. And that becomes boring. Yes. Yeah. Because you can also do that yourself. 100%. Yeah. That's fun. And actually you know, probably like, quicker and easier. Yeah. Like, it's just like, uh. Any time of day. Right. <laughs> At work. At work. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What about this one? We pretend it doesn't exist. A common thing in Americans' mishandling of sex is the element of shame associated with it. When the reality that people have sex and would prefer it to be good is ignored in a classroom and doctor's office, its true nature, the good, the bad, and the ugly is obscured. Wow. I just like, I, I have thought this a million times. I'm like, what are we actually teaching kids in school that matters? <laughs> because, I mean, it's great to know history, but I'm also just like, I don't use algebra. Like, I don't That's use... That's so funny. I was in a meeting yesterday with a, a potential client. Yeah. And she's, she's homeschooled because she's high school age, but she's really focusing on music. Okay. And... We, she was talking about like I'm just not good at math. While well, I was like, Don't "What, well, what level are you it. on?" I was like, "You're never going to use trigonometry." No. And, and I held up my phone. I was like, "Everything you need to know, this thing can it's do for the you." The truth. Like I was like, I go focus on Spanish, and her mother goes, "Oh no, that's her other worst subject." I go, "Okay, fine, French. Yeah, <laughs> like, pick something language. like because that's those things are useful." Which is right. funny because like languages. They weren't like you had to choose one, but it was kind of also an elective. You're like, oh my god, I took Latin in <laughs> high school, and it's what like, a waste of time, right? Unless I mean, you're I guess, going into medicine, right? There's definitely certain careers that need certain things, but it isn't specialized at all. And then I just don't feel like we're given life skills. Right. And I know everyone's like, well, that's a parent's job, and I'm like, okay, do we not look at how busy parents are, like too? And it's like kids are also in school all day. Then they come home, they have homework, then they gotta go to bed. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Another lesson? Right. Like, I, that's just. I do think it is true that it's the parent's job because you can't really like like everyone's gonna have a different belief system, right? But we have. There has to be a better way of like somewhere somewhere in something there's education about emotional intimacy or like how to Even actually if it's just giving your kid a book and saying hey i know this is a really uncomfortable conversation for you it is for me too 
I want you to read this and ask me any questions. Yeah, that would because be it's great. it's not like you're going to be like showing your kid how to have sex because that's gross. No, but right. like give them the tools and the um and the permission to ask questions and to be curious. Yeah, instead of being like, oh, this is I not. I said we don't to talk my niece, she went to her first school dance. Um, she's 15 now. Mm-hmm. She went to her first school dance. This was a few months ago, and. I was texting with her and I was like, you know, how was your dance? She was like, it was fun. I was like, did you dance with any boys? And she was like, yeah. And I said, did you kiss any? And she was like, no. And then like, I was like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, why didn't you? She's like, I didn't want to. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's okay to want to kiss boys. Yeah. And um, she was like, okay, this is gross or whatever. And then like a few hours later, I get a text from my sister that was like, "Um, can you please stop giving advice to my daughter about kissing boys (laughs) or like telling her to kiss all the boys at the dance? And I was like, that's not what I was doing. You know, like, but I think it's important for you to normalize that stuff. You know, I don't think. I want my niece out there being a whore. <laughs> like, right. That is not what I'm telling yeah, her. Yeah, but if it's a secret, then her, that might be not, what yeah. she does. Maybe she does become that. Yeah. And doesn't talk to my sister about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you have to like normalize these things. So she can say, hey, mom, I think I really want to kiss this boy. Mm-hmm. Then kiss him. You know, kiss him. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to encourage that stuff because otherwise it becomes a shame thing. Yeah, it's such a tough line, It man. really Parenting is. Parenting tough. Oof. I've I got just, no kids. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know why I keep having this thing. I'm like, you go to school for all your childhood, then you get to your adulthood, and you're like, I need to go to life school and learn how to do all this shit. <laughs> right. Like, I don't. Nobody knows what they're doing, you know. And I know a lot of it we have to like figure out as we go. But I just feel like we could do better. I don't we know. could. We, we should be. Let's be teachers. Us? No way. Let's join the school I have board. way too much respect for teachers to yeah. ever think that I could do it. We could join the school board and make sure that they're teaching know. about sex yeah. in schools. I'm yeah. sure they'd have us. We could just ask <laughs> sure. them to play, you know, play our uh, podcast in the morning. Yeah, we're like, oh my God, that school would go to hell. Uh, Anyway, um, if you guys have any topics that you would like us to discuss in this month of love and sex, uh, you can always email us at theedge at velvetsedge.com or you can leave us a voicemail on our new voicemail system. And that is on my Instagram at velvetsedge in the link to my bio, link of bio, link in bio. Yeah. Link in bio. Link in bio. That thing. Chip, where are you on Instagram? I'm at C H I P D O R S C H. We should probably put the voicemail in your bio too. Oh yeah. I'm happy to do that. Okay. I so, think right now I just have like my Amazon wish list. Okay. The Feel world, free to order me something. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll put the voicemail in Chip's Instagram bio too. So you guys hit us up with that. We'd love to hear from you. And as you guys go into the weekend and you're living on the edge, I hope you always remember to act casual today. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. 
This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.